And now, the Rise Above Show, presented by Roofing.com and hosted by Diego Dante. Hey, I'm Diego Dante. This is the Rise Above Show, presented by Roofing.com. This show was created to showcase leaders who are rising above in their business life, in their personal life. And for those of you that haven't followed along in my journey, I have been on a journey the last year to improve my personal life through uh, weight loss, through improving my marriage in, in all aspects of my personal life. And so by doing this, I've had a lot of conversations, great conversations with people who have reached out to me and said, hey man, I'm in the gym for the first time because of something I saw that you posted on social media uh, or you know whatever it is because I've been so focused on being social and posting on social media whenever I've been making these changes and losing weight and keeping people updated on these things. And so I said, man, there's got to be a way that we can share a story on a bigger level so that we can impact more people. And we can not only share my story, but share the stories of other people who are rising above in their businesses and their personal lives and their spiritual lives and whatever it is, right? So that being said, that's why we created the podcast. And today's episode, we sit down with Hunter Ballou. He is the founder of Cornerstone Construction, which he built, he scaled, and he exited in a, in a period of about three years. He's also the founder of Roofing.com, which is who's presenting this podcast. And they host RoofCon, and they have Revolt, and all these things. And he's involved with Fueled as well, and RepCard. He's a big entrepreneur in the space, in the industry. And I wanted to bring him on as my first episode because he's a man that has impacted my life greatly. And I have a lot of respect for the man. Uh, and so we're going to, we sat down, we talked about how he recruits top talent. We talked about how he's been involved with John Maxwell. We talked about uh, a lot of different great things that I think if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So I invite you to sit down and listen in on the first episode of the Rise Above show with Hunter Ballou. So let's get to it. All right, we are live on the first episode of the Rise Above show. What's up, man? You don't do that again. I mean, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would notice. I think this- You got one of my cards, <laughs> man. What the heck? How you doing? Doing good, brother. How are you? Good. Um, you kind of caught me off guard there, but because uh, I was going to introduce you, um, but now I don't know that I want to. No. Uh, so started with some sarcasm. First show. Yeah. First show. No. Hey, people got to know though. We want to make this authentic. We we want to cut up and stuff and uh, have a good time. But uh, man, I just wanted to you know bring you on here, introduce you a little bit. I know that you get asked this five million times on every single episode. Uh, but, you know, for the sake of this, I wanted people to know who you are, who is Hunter Ballou. So if you want to introduce yourself, give us a little bit of background, what you bring to the industry, how long you've been, all those things. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, so Hunter Ballou, small town, Travelers Rest, South Carolina is where I'm from, where we're sitting right now in the office in the podcast room. Uh, so after high school, I didn't really know what I was going to do professionally. I just knew that I wanted to go in the Marine Corps from a really young age. So went to the Marine Corps, came back from that, I did the reserves, did that six years. So after about a year of training, 
uh, I had to figure out what I wanted to do full time to, to make money and kind of make a life of my own. And so I went to the fire department, started the fire department as a volunteer, got sent off to the academy, South Carolina Fire Academy, did that for a few months, got certified, came back, was super blessed to get a job right away. There was a lot of guys looking for, for jobs. Um, and I was just really blessed to find a job within like two months of getting back from the academy. So I started that job, did that, did it a few years, went and got my EMT certification so I could get my little pay raise. I started off at like $24,000 $24, a year um, at the fire Big department. Big money. Big money, dude. But, but then when I got my EMT certification, elevate. You're driving the Lambo. 34000 Man. 34000 <laughs> So I got the little pay raise to 34000 I was always hustling on the side, man, because if, if you know anything about the fire service, you work 24 hours on, meaning you sleep at the firehouse, you take showers at the firehouse, you got to deal with other guys at the firehouse. So 24 hours on, 48 off. And I was always hustling on those 48 hours off, doing my own thing, trying to make some extra money. And so, uh, yeah, man, it just real quick, within a couple of years of being at the fire department, for one, I, I felt like I was more, more passionate about business and had more opportunity to make an impact outside of the fire department. And I was already making more money than I was at the fire department outside part-time. So I knew that if I left, I could scale faster, do bigger things. Um, and, and at the time, like, I just wanted to make six figures. I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30 years old. And so I finally left the fire department in 2015. Uh, 2015, it was December 22nd, not long after me and my wife Maggie got married in June of that year. So I left the fire department, started, started a, a marketing agency. I didn't really know anything about marketing. I just figured I could figure it out. Soon after I started the agency, I landed my, one of my first clients was a roofer out of Minneapolis. Started working with them. We had a ton of success in our first few months together. I was like, man, maybe I should just focus on roofers. And so you, you know the term lead gen. A lot of mm -hmm. people know lead gen for lead generation. So I started a company called Roof Gen for roof generation. And just wanted to focus on roofers, not, not focus on any other industry. And in that, I started a company called Cornerstone Construction that a lot of people know about that we've since sold um, just as a case study. We said, hey, I don't know anything about roofing, so if I can take this this roofing company that I don't know any, dude, when I say I don't know anything about it, like literally <laughs> difference in arc and three tab, like the pitch of a roof, I didn't know anything about roofing. So I had to hire the right people to be able to help me grow that company. But I figured if we could use that as a case study and grow that company, then we'd be able to bring on more more companies that actually did know something about roofing and yeah. added extra seven figures to them. So we did that. We, we grew that for uh, almost four years, not quite four years, three and some change, and they ended up selling it to a public public company out of uh, San Diego. And in the process, we started Roofing.com and Revolt and RoofCon, the conference, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And I know that uh, you, obviously, with Cornerstone Construction, that's how we you know, I got the foot in the door with you and, and uh, you know, with the team here at RoofCon, Roofing.com. So I actually wanted to tell the story of when we first met, Hunter brought me in to an interview after I had, I had lost a, my job, you know, as a marketing uh, supervisor for a company that I was working for. And I got in to meet with Hunter and, and Hunter pitched me on this idea. You, you know, we're going to have, we have this foundation where we're helping kids and we're we got all this awesome stuff we're doing in the community and you showed me pictures of stuff that we were that you know you were coming into the classrooms and teaching kids and I came from this company culture that really there was no company culture right and 
you bring me in and you show me all the stuff that you guys are doing. You said, you showed me a video. I think you guys had just jumped some cars over the fire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. done stuff like that. And so uh, I remember I went home that day and I was super excited. I was telling my wife, oh, they, they do all this stuff. They, they, you know, they're jumping cars over the fire <laughs> and they're helping out the community and they're doing all this stuff. And, and my wife said, that sounds amazing. What, uh, what exactly is the job? And I sat there for a second. I was like, I, I don't really know. Yeah. I was like, it's a, a project manager, yeah. construction, construction company. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll, I, we'll figure it out, yeah. you know? And so I got in the first day, that first sales meeting. And I remember sitting there, I didn't know anyone. And Albert gets up, the production manager. He's talking about how to get, you know, getting roofs approved through the insurance. And I was like, he, he's talking about the roofs. I was like, oh, they must be doing a lot of roof projects, I guess, for, for a construction company. And, they, and then he says, so don't be afraid to climb up there and take pictures of, of the damage and stuff. And I said, wait a second. I did not realize, that's when it hit me, this is a roofing company. And I had yeah. no idea up until that point that that was the case. And how, I guess, from there, I'm sure that uh, I know that you guys have changed your, you know, your recruiting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit, but uh, yeah, which it's always funny to hear you tell that story at retreats and stuff. And, and we, you know, typically tie it into talking about vision casting and, and having a culture that really just attracts people. And so obviously as we've automated more and built in better processes for recruiting in the funnel and, and the videos they have to watch before they even get to the August yeah. interview, like, we, uh, we disqualify the people that don't enjoy climbing on roofs so we don't waste their time or waste our time. Um, mm -hmm. But back in the day when it was just me recruiting, it was really just selling the selling dream. Selling the vision, yeah. Yeah, yeah like if, if we can help you achieve your dreams and it's fun and you make an impact, you're probably willing to do whatever. Like if, yeah. if you know that we care about you, you're gonna make an impact on the community, you're gonna have fun and, and also fill your bank account, then you're probably gonna do it even if you're afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah. And we saw that with you. I think that one thing that you're really good at is you, obviously you're really good at recruiting and i wanted one of the examples that i was thinking of before this is when we brought in michaela to do her interview so for anyone yeah. who doesn't know michaela's our director of events and operations at roofing.com so what happened when we brought in michaela do you remember that yeah yeah so uh michaela actually applied to be my executive assistant i don't know if you remember that but mm -hmm. when i when i took the, the phone interview to talk to her about the ea role to help me out and keep my stuff in line she started telling me about her experience with events and i was like man you know i don't even think we had had an ad out at that time i'm almost positive we didn't have an ad out uh for events manager like i don't know what we would have done um, at RoofCon 2020 because it ended up, you know, being huge in comparison to the year before. Like we went from 40, 50, maybe 60 people in 2019, our first event, November of that year to uh, October of 2020 during the middle of COVID having 881 people. And I have no clue what we would have done without Michaela. Like, Because you brought me in to do marketing yeah. and do a little bit of sales, but really neither one of us had experience planning it have, it anything been like the bro that show just like hey guys come <laughs> figure it out but yeah so michaela starts telling me about you know her event experience and i'm like huh we have an event and we're like when was that may or june of 2020 that must have been probably closer to april okay okay mm -hmm. so april, april maybe, may. may yeah so like six months maybe uh, october 15 2020 was roofcon 
number two. Mm-hmm. And so maybe six months before and just kind of had an intuition of like, hey, maybe she is a fit for the event space instead of being the EA. And, uh, you know, we talked a long time. She's telling me about her experience. And I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know, throw something on you completely unexpected, but would you be interested in this? And, you know, her ears perked up. She was pretty excited. She wanted to be in the event space more than anything. And if you know anything about me or hear me talk about recruiting or speaking or any of that, you know, I'm, I'm all about action and work ethic. And I'll have little tests that I'll give people when I'm hiring them to see if, if they have that desire, like how bad yeah. they really want it. And so I think it was probably, we're here working late, like 6.30 or so, probably at night. Mm-hmm. We were here a little bit late and for an interview at least, not late for It was definitely working. dark. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, how fast could you be at our office for an in-person interview? And um, she's like, you know, I, I could probably get there like within an hour or so. She lived pretty far away. And she's like, I, I could get there. I'll come. And so she comes. She shows up. She's all dressed up, you know, which is not our thing. I'm in basketball shorts right now. Like, we're always chilling. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, it's probably a year later that I actually asked her, like, hey, did it take you so long to come because you had to get dressed up for the job interview and you didn't know how relaxed we were? She's like, well, yeah, you know, it was that, but I also had to get my mom to come with me <laughs> because I was afraid you might be a freaking serial killer and, and murder me. Just going to a warehouse at in night. Traveler's yeah. Rest and I'm like, at wait, night. You had your mom with you? She, she was like, yeah. Uh, she was like on the phone and in the car <laughs> the entire time. So Michaela came in. We did not kill her, um, and she she's been great. And her mom was happy to know that we were safe people to yeah. be around. I think. With that, I, you know, you hear so much right now about job shortages or staff shortages in America, and, and I think there's a lot of people that miss the mark right now. I guess, where are people missing the mark right now? Because I don't think that there's a lack of people really, you know, wanting jobs. I think it's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's just, I think people are realizing right now that there are companies like this to come work for. And I think a lot of people are missing the mark. So where do you think people are failing with that right now with recruiting? Yeah, yeah. In terms of leadership, man, I think it is, it, it always comes back to just uh, impact over income. Like at, at the root, like maybe that, that isn't what you think of. You think it's a recruiting problem, a messaging problem, a pay problem. But at the end of the day, like if you truly care about your team's success more than you care about your own personal success as the owner or the manager or whatever your role is. Like if you really care about your team's success and their fulfillment, their happiness, you're going to win because they're going to do their job 110%. They're going to fill some gaps where maybe, maybe you need another role. Maybe you need another person on the team to take care of something, but you don't have the cash flow to, to be able to do that. If you take care of your people, you're going to have utility players that are willing to step into that role. We've seen that with you and Michaela and William, and the list goes on and on and on. Like sometimes you guys have to shift and pivot, and that's not, you know, quote unquote, the best when you talk about operating systems and some of that stuff. But dude, it's just business. Sometimes you just got to be willing to pivot and get stuff done as a team, and we know we have each other's back. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the podcast for a second, because this is something that came about here recently, the last couple weeks. We talked about it, and then we move quickly around here. (laughs) So we say, hey, we're going to start a podcast, and then a week later, we're sitting here in a studio making it happen. Shooting a podcast. Yeah. So something really interesting, and I might butcher the quote, but you said something along the lines of, uh, if you feel right about something, I'm not going to fight you on it, because I just want to win in the end. Yeah. So can you expand a little bit on that? Cause that, yeah. that's something that really impacted me in the sense of 
I feel like if, if I have an idea that I can bring to the table and I feel like it's going to be valuable, I feel now even more than, than ever that I can bring that to you and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? How can we make that happen? I think as, an, as a, you know, quote unquote employee, that's a huge thing for me. Right. So can, can you expand on that? Yeah, and you know I hate the word employee. Like That's why I say it in yeah, quotations. Yeah. Cause like I, I usually use the, the, the term team member because uh, we are a team and like maybe somebody's a captain or someone has to be the coach or whatever, but the, the, the score does not get racked up and you don't get the W unless everyone does their job as a team. Like yeah. You can't not have a first baseman and, and win the World Series. So, you know, for me, man, we, we talk about, you, you talk about that quote. And for me, I, th I think everything in life, everything is in business with you and your wife, with you and your children, uh, with you and your team members, with you and your, your pastor, your best friends, like everything is perspective. Everyone has a different perspective. And oftentimes those perspectives clash without really trying to seek understanding. And so with our team here at Cornerstone, when I still had Cornerstone, it fueled like all the different companies, RepCard, I try to make it real clear with everyone on the team that sometimes we're going to have a, a dispute. Sometimes we're going to maybe butt heads or get into it. And that's just me being raw and real here in this podcast and open up being transparent. Like it's not always going to be Gucci and flowers and sunshine and smiles on. Like mm -hmm. sometimes we're going to get into it because we have a difference of opinion, a difference of perspective. But at the end of the day, if me and you both have this agreement and we know that we're only doing that because we want to win, it's not an ego thing. If we could put ego aside, if we could put insecurities aside and say, hey, we're going to maybe clash a little bit and show our difference of opinions, but it's only because we want to win, that's a good place to be. Yeah. It is. It's a healthy place to be for me. Uh, I, I truly believe that. As long as we can be open enough to say, hey, you think this way is the best. I think this way is the best. Let's have a healthy conversation of why you think that and why I think this and figure out which is the best. And maybe at the end of the day, it's a mesh of the two and we figure out a way to make it both work. But at the end of the day, you just don't want to have people walking around that think that, that you just have to have it your way. Because there's plenty of times that as the boss, as the main guy, as the owner, people are going to think you just want it your way. And I tell you guys all the time, and, and even though I still I try to beat this in everyone's head, sometimes... It, it may not be taken the right way. Sometimes you've already put in some work on a project and I come in and ask you to change it. And I'm sure it's like, dude, I've already put three hours into this. I don't want to change the way this design looks, you know, mm -hmm. but it's only because I want to win. And if, if you can show me and tell me and prove to me and convince me that your way's better, let's do it, man. I'm yeah. just in it for the World Series. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's chat a little bit about our our mutual friend John Maxwell for a yeah, second because yeah. I know you've been uh, you've been hanging out here I know you post I I wouldn't talk about it if you hadn't posted it on social media don't, don't make me blush man <laughs> but I know that uh, you went on a trip with him and a couple trips now I guess with him so you know with spending some one on one time with with John Maxwell and for anyone who doesn't know you know John Maxwell is is an author a lot of leadership books really a big from what I've, I've known you for a little while now, and I know that he's a big influence in your life, and you know he's influenced me as well, and he was a speaker at RoofCon. So from spending some one-on-one -on -one time with him, what's, uh, what, what have you learned from him? Dude, you said keep the podcast under 30 minutes. I don't know, what were we at? We're like 15 13 minutes? 13 minutes. William's gonna kill us if I talk about all of this, so I have to keep it real short. I could talk for hours, man, you know, and- Give me I, the highlights. Yeah, yeah, so like, 
it's really funny, man, because like I go to a lot of events. I'm in a lot of masterminds. I'm about to leave Monday for, for a mastermind out in Vegas. And like Mike Tyson will be there and a, a bunch of big names like that. And I'm always at these events, like usually at least once a quarter, I'm around a celebrity and you have the opportunity to shake their hand and maybe ask a question and take a picture. And uh, I'm this weirdo that like doesn't want to take a picture because I'm just not, I try not to be a fanboy. You yeah, know? for sure. Uh, but John Maxwell is the real deal. Like he is the real deal. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been super blessed since uh, RoofCon to really get to know him and have an intimate relationship and travel with him to Hawaii, travel with him to the Dominican Republic. Just went to his office earlier this week, checked it out. And to see the impact he's made in this world in his 74 years on earth is unbelievable. You know, I, I got to tell you a little bit about it at lunch and I was just telling you how it, it's almost, you can't even put it into words. Um, and like we do some really cool stuff with the events, with the retreats, with the conference, with all the stuff we do in the, the roofing, sales, roofing and solar community, the free Facebook group with Fuel. Like we impact thousands of people every year and it feels good. And you know, I every week at minimum, I get messages of people thanking me, thanking yep. the team for helping them. And then you go see someone like that and it just, dude, if you have any humility, it, it humbles you and you're like, I got so far to go. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have so far to go without him saying anything to me or training me at all. Just watching him and seeing the lives he's touched and the people he's impacted. And then the people that they've touched through them, but because of, of John. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you were in the room during the, the Platinum meet and greet, um, but John kind of shared that, you know, he created this certification program so you could become a certified speaker and trainer and coach, leadership coach, uh, through the John Maxwell Leadership foundation and that's that's kind of his thing and he put yeah. his name on it and he he said originally like he was fighting his team on it he was fighting his team on it different perspective and so you know he said i don't want to put my name on it i don't want to hurt my name from a couple of jack legs going out there and and doing something dumb and uh dampering my name and and eventually you know they convinced him they're like you have to weigh the odds the impact that can be made by you training all these people and multiplying these people versus addition of you going out there one conference at a time versus these people now all have conferences they can speak to and retreats they can lead imagine how many people you can train so he shares that story on stage at RoofCon, and then i share with him on stage right after that he had no clue i didn't tell him this because again i'm not i try not to be that fanboy and be like oh i'm one of your coaches but back in 2018 I was, you know, a couple years, just, just over two years out of the fire department. You know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do long term. I was doing pretty good with Cornerstone. I wanted to be a better leader. I wanted to be a better speaker. I wanted to be a better coach to the guys. And so I went and got trained by John and his team. And when I say coached by John, it's not like me and John sitting here. Right. John's working with thousands of people at a time, and you're in a room with 3,000 other people. And so he had no clue that I was a coach. And so I, I looked at him on the stage, you know, and, and was like, hey, had you not put your name on that, we may not be sitting here today because because of you and you putting your name on all these coaches and allowing people like me to come through your program and get certified, build our confidence, build our self-worth, help us be better speakers and trainers and coaches, very well may not be here today impacting all these people at RoofCon and on these revolt retreats if you didn't do that. So it's kind of a cool like emotional moment we had afterwards of like that is so cool yeah, to hear the story man. and know that you're just one of the many that have been able to help help impact people. That's crazy, man. Well, good for you, man, for being involved with that. And I know it's gotta be a great experience. I'm gonna hit you up with a little bit of a rapid fire to end things up. Yeah, yeah. So I have six questions for you. 
four are going to be kind of deep questions that are going to tie into the theme of the podcast, which is to rise above. Yeah, yeah. And then the last two will be just more fun questions just to end it. Just to end it. So, I, and I'm going to give you 30 seconds max to answer each question, okay? So, question number one. Yeah, you got It's rapid fire. All right? So, what has been your biggest failure and how did you rise above? Yeah. So biggest failure, I'd say, is not recognizing um, problems that team members are having within organization and maybe not communicate well enough with them. There's been times where I've had like a, a high level uh, leadership team member that says they're happy. Like I ask them surface level. I feel like I do a pretty good job of asking the team, trying to have a connection with the team. But dude, we've gotten to the point where we've had over 100 employees before and you can't connect with everyone, but you try to connect with your leadership and then your leadership connects with middle management, the middle management connects with the rest of the team. So having the deep conversation and really understanding where they are and making sure they're happy. Because there's there's been a couple of times where we've lost people that weren't truly happy or truly fulfilled and I could have done a better job of meeting them where they're at. Maybe there's no way to solve it, maybe there's nothing our organization could do, but still just making sure that when they do go somewhere else that we can best support them and that they still have love for us. Love it. How will you know that you've succeeded in business? Yeah, uh, that's great, man. In, in business for me, it's a lot about delayed gratification, right? I don't need to make a ton of money right now. I know that payoff is coming. We saw that with Cornerstone. You know, Cornerstone, I, I never worried about making a ton of money. The first time I made six figures from Cornerstone um, was the year before we sold it. And I, I literally did that off of rebates. I didn't even pay myself a salary. The rebates, it was just like, hey, here's a little reward for doing so good this year. Yeah. Made a few hundred grand but delayed gratification. And so making sure that the team knows that as we delay that gratification, maybe we don't pay as high of a salary as someone could make somewhere else, but long-term when we exit this company or we really start to crush it the profit, people know they're gonna be taken care of with bonuses or when we exit, like with Cornerstone, we took care of uh, I think just over 40 people, got some kind of, of bonus for being a part of the team and helping us build it. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Yeah, that's great, man. I think uh, I think just surrounding yourself with people like with, like John, like it's it's different for everybody, you know. Like some people want to hang out with Ed Milet, some people want to hang out with Grant Cardone, John Maxwell, whatever. Um, and it may be people in your local town too. But hang out with people that are ahead of where you are, so you can see all that you have to accomplish. Because you're all you're all going to deal with it. I, I I seriously doubt there's anybody out there, no matter how big you get, that at times you don't think, why me, why me, why me. And, and one thing John talks about a lot is for him like he, he leads with leadership all the time that he wants to develop leaders but ultimately he's trying to win people to christ and he knows for him that it's only christ that gives him the strength to do what he does like he he says hey i'm not smart enough i'm not good enough i'm not good looking enough to accomplish all this it took more a higher power to help me accomplish this yeah what this is the last of the business questions what book changed your life it's not even oh, like dude. it's not even business it's more professional but yeah what book changed your life um Dude, man. Got to pick one. Just one? Just one. All right, I'll give you, let's do this. Where are we on time? I'm going to give you top three. Even that is, um, let's say The Difference Maker by John Maxwell, because I got to give him some love since we're talking about mm -hmm. The Difference Maker. It talks about attitude. It's a short read. Absolutely. Go get it right now, The Difference Maker. If you can't afford it, hit me up in my DMs. I'll send you one. We've probably got a hundred in there that we give out at retreats. Uh, the Difference Maker is, is number one, talks about attitude. Um, that one's more about personal. Number two, 
I'm going to say uh, Blitzscaling as a good business book. Blitzscaling by Reed Hoffman, one of the guys that founded LinkedIn. Amazing book. And if you read it with an open mind, don't read it and say, oh, this guy had a tech company. It doesn't apply to me. There's so much power in learning from people in other industries, not just your industry, but people in other industries, because you can take what they do, bring it into your industry and innovate. So Blitzscaling is a great book and it's helped me in many, many ways. Um, and then... Dude, there's, there's so many, so I, I'm not gonna pretend that these are just my only top three. I, I can't narrow it down. Uh, but I, at, when I was young into the entrepreneurial journey, trying to figure it out, and was not making a lot of money, I read The Power of Broke by Damon John, mm. and it shares a ton of stories inside of The Power of Broke that will inspire you to keep going. And, and everything, again, everything's perspective. So how can you leverage your hardship right now and realize that it's an opportunity it's something that if you've got your your back pinned against the wall there's only one way to go man yeah you just got to put your head down and go and so the bad experiences the the bad the failed marriage divorces um bad relationships with your parents like those are all opportunities for growth and to lead other people eventually through the same situation because you have that experience yeah for sure Okay, so I've heard you, this is specifically for you, I know I've heard you say a lot that your biggest addiction is business. So outside of business, what is your non-work related hobby, your favorite non-work related hobby? Man, Um, you know, having a little boy now is a ton of fun. Little man's about to be three years old, it's the second, so two weeks from today, December 16th is Turner's birthday. Uh, We're in the process of adopting another and I have a lot of uh, nieces and nephews, and, and me and my wife Maggie, we just love kids and hanging out with the kids. Um, so I really enjoy having the kids around, like when it's time to decompress and not focus on business at all. I love having the kids around, but really like, this is a weird one to say as a hobby, and maybe it's not a hobby, but for me it is, it's just relationship building. Like when I'm traveling, I'm not like traveling. I just went to, you know how many people in the last month have been like, oh, must be nice. You went to Hawaii? I like, hate that phrase did, so much, but <laughs> must, must be, be nice. nice. Yeah, I literally went to Hawaii, Dominican Republic, and Myrtle Beach, like within 30 days. And my top three beaches in the world. Yeah, yeah, Myrtle for sure. (laughs) Um, uh, And my feet never touched the sand one time in any Mm. of the three places. So like for me, it's usually not even about um, sitting on a beach and and relaxing. Like I have a hard time doing that and checking out. Like I want to be doing something and and active and moving towards my legacy that I want to leave. So relationship building to me is huge you know me i just got back from myrtle beach last week i told you i went and met some people down there i just went to atlanta for three meetings down there two days ago i'm about to leave for a 10-day trip where i'm gonna go to vegas i'm gonna go to salt lake city i'm gonna go to bear lake so relationship building is huge for me the only one i'm miss, missing is jonathan sherwood's conference you're mm-hmm. going to that one um, because it's turner's birthday yeah well this is the last question and this might be the deepest of the questions that i ask you Okay. Yeah. One of the two has to disappear forever. Texas Don't Road. Don't say Texas, Texas Roadhouse Road or Waffle House. Yes. No. <laughs> Texas uh. Roadhouse or Waffle House. One of them. And it's yeah. not like you never knew that they existed. It's you knew that they existed, but they're shutting down forever. Let's see. That's tough. You know, Texas Roadhouse is in more cities. Um, like when I go out west, I can usually get Texas Roadhouse. I can't get Waffle House. So that's a plus for it. However, there are more 
secondary options that are close to Texas Roadhouse, like Binion's and Longhorn that are pretty close seconds to Texas Roadhouse. Huddle House ain't got <laughs> on Waffle House. So Man. I guess I'd have to get rid of Texas Roadhouse. I feel you on that I one. That's, I thought about that one. Can we not publish that? I don't want, I don't want them to hear that. Like, <laughs> well, they might get mad can, we, we can edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you coming on, chatting with us, and, you know. I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Let's do it. All right, Rise Above Show. I figured we'd probably get an episode in here where I get to introduce myself a little more yeah. and, and talk about my story and all that stuff, but, but go ahead. I want to, yeah, yeah. let's get this part uh, out. So you started off by saying, hey, you know, I challenge the team, I challenge you a lot of times to say, hey, if, if you think it's going to help us win, let's do it. So why do you think the Rise Above show is going to help us win, but more importantly, our community win uh, of people that we care about, love, want to see, see yep. grow? So for those of you guys that don't know a lot about my story, you haven't been following, um, I've been on a journey the last year or so, um, specifically with weight loss, but other things in my personal life to be able to improve. And, and I've been extremely vocal about it on social media, super public with everything. And every time I get messages from people, hey, you inspired me to get back in the gym. You inspired me to this, you inspired me to that. And it's just, I mean, it's gotten to the point where we did, we did a, uh, a fundraiser in June called 100 Mile June. And I had 50 people that ran it. We ended up helping four families to adopt. We'll talk about that a little more in a future episode, but all that to say, it's incredible the amount of influence that you can have on people. And, and I think that doing something like this called the Rise Above Show, where we can talk with people about the experiences that they've had in moving through challenges, be that in business or in their personal lives, I want people to be able to have something where they can consume it on their drive to work and then be able to get to work and, and really ponder on the things that they want to improve on their lives yeah. and be able to make changes in their lives for the better. I love it, man. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you taking the initiative to do it. Yeah, man. I'm excited for this first episode. Got it out of the way and we'll, uh, I know we'll be seeing you a lot more cause we just a few doors down from yeah. each other. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. First episode of the rise above show. We'll see you next week. Peace.